Welcome to the ENA Podcast. This is the ENA Podcast, and I am Dan Campana, the Senior Manager for PR and Communications with the Emergency Nurses Association, welcoming you back to another of our uh, very interesting and you know exciting topics, uh, given everything that's been going on right now in the world uh, with COVID-19, and there's just so much information, so much news that's happening on a regular basis that um, this episode is going to take a little bit of a different approach. We want to step back from the clinical and the rigors of what's happening day to day and talk a little bit about self-care and paying attention to um, how you as an individual uh, are coping with what's going on because there is so much pressure, so much strain, just so much happening uh, as the workloads are growing and the stress to make sure that everybody is protected and safe, but also caring for patients. Uh, There's just a lot happening. So with that, I want to welcome Anna Rodriguez. She's been a a registered nurse for uh, for about the last 10, 12 years. Uh, She's currently based out of Utah, and she is uh, really focused on the idea of burnout. Her website, The Burnout Book, um, is also a blog and, and where she deals with burnout because she's seen it, but she's also experienced it herself. And she created all of this to really help other nurses know that they aren't alone as they're going through um, whatever stress and strain and fatigue and burnout that they may be dealing with. And some of you may be familiar with Anna. She was a speaker at Emergency Nursing 2019 in Austin, and she's also done some continuing education presentations, including one called Burnout at the Bedside, Keeping Your Spark for Nursing. So with that lengthy and detailed introduction, uh, welcome, Anna, to the ENA podcast. Thank you, Dan. I'm excited to be here to talk with you. Um, I'm grateful for this chance to virtually be uh, practicing our social distancing, but also connecting with all the people out there. This is perfect. That's, uh, that's a great point. The ENA podcast is socially distancing compliant because <laughs> you can uh, be within six feet of whatever device that you're paying, listening to us on today. So uh, thank you for mentioning that. I think that's important to keep everybody in the loop on that side of things. But uh, really what we're talking about here is burnout and certainly burnout and stress fatigue and all of those things are a common concern in the ED um, and within nursing in general every single day. But in these heightened times with everything going on with COVID-19 and some of the uh, the pressures and the issues that have come up relating to that, um, you know, what, what is sort of your first impression about really the, the stress and strain that's being put on nurses and any frontline healthcare provider uh, over the last several weeks as COVID-19 has become such a big issue in the United States? Yeah, no, first impressions, um, like you mentioned, burnout is already, we're already at a baseline um, with this being a prevalent issue with healthcare professionals. So with the National Academy of Medicine report that came out October 2019, their statistics are showing that burnout's affecting, like significant symptoms of burnout are affecting 35 to 54% of nurses and providers, and then up to 40 to 60% of students and residents. So we already have this baseline of burnout lingering here in our community. And then we add on an, an extra layer of stress and strain and um, just craziness that we are anticipating. Um, we're going to be pushed to these limits that we didn't know we had. And um, it's it's interesting to watch this all develop. And also, so for myself, working in Utah, um, today's March 22nd. Um, we have 136 cases in my state, but seeing how many 
providers in like California, Washington, New York, like all of these other areas that are seeing it a little bit more. Um, it's almost like seeing the future and, and we have this anticipation of what's to come. So I think a lot of people are just nervous. There's a lot of fear of the unknown. Um, and, and just this, uh, I don't know that that feeling of impending doom that we always talk sure. about with our patients. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so, what are you? I mean, you're seeing things obviously on your own, uh, watching the news, and certainly from the you know the the healthcare world and the, the ways that you keep informed on that. But are you hearing and seeing some things uh, from people that you've either connected with over the years, or have you reached out to some folks that you know just to get a little bit of a pulse of what different folks are are experiencing right now? Absolutely. Um, I mean, social media is such a great way to stay in touch with people. Um, so I've been seeing what other uh, other facilities and nurses are having to do um, when it comes to like rationing PPE or how many patients they've been seeing um, pass and, and like some heartbreaking stories from other countries, um, Italy, Australia, Spain, people who are experiencing this to a level that we have not seen quite yet in the States, but, but we're expecting. Um, yeah, so, so I've been checking in with people. They've been checking with me. Utah, we had an earthquake just um, earlier this week. And uh, so people have been kind enough to check in um, just to see how things are going. Uh, just a lot of mental health uh, strain for people right now. And what is, is it just the volume and the crush or is it the uncertainty? Because this is as much as any other circumstance. This is a, a professional issue, but it's also a personal issue because of the safety precautions and whether those are adequate enough. And then the concern about bringing something home or affecting your family yeah. or your loved ones. Uh, where Where is it maybe lying more so or, or is it lying in one direction personally or professionally more so from what you're hearing? I think it depends on which stage you're in. So a lot of people who are in kind of that preparatory stage of like kind of waiting for things to hit that we're all in kind of that at edge, you know, kind of anticipatory feelings of anxiety. Um, and then, you know, just this general sense of the fear of, of the unknown, um, the people who are in the thick of it, what I'm kind of sensing and, and seeing is they're, they're having those difficult conversations, like you said, of, you know, am I, you know, I'm going to work, I'm at risk and bringing it home to my family, you know, what kind of precautions are we going to take as a family, um, having to make those difficult decisions, but also, you know, people who aren't um, able to get the proper PPE, like that is just, I think, the dominant conversation right now. Um, and it's been amazing to see responses from our national nursing organizations in like helping the government realize this is not something we need to mess around with. Um, seeing ENA and Society of Critical Care Medicine, um, they have a lot of education going out right now, as well as American, American Nurses of the Critical Care Association. Um, it's just, it's great to see so many of these people having our backs. So the support that comes from uh, from that level, that high level, is certainly one thing, and there's a little bit of a morale bump that could come from that. But um, what are some of the things that you're offering in terms of guidance um, or thoughts for people to, to carry with them as they're moving forward, just to say, hey, you're experiencing all of this in the continuum from preparatory all the way through being in the thick of it. What are some of the things that right off the bat you're sort of suggesting so that people are taking a moment to think about themselves and, and also looking around to make sure they're taking care of their coworkers if they're starting to exhibit or feel, you know, some of those things are starting to manifest more obviously in terms of the strain and fatigue and, and the potential for burnout. Yeah, um, I think we, when we're talking about burnout, when we're talking about any kind of stress 
at work, we have to recognize that there's the two parts, there are two components to it. So there's the personal stuff that we can do individually that makes us, you know, better prepared to deal with the stress of work. Um, and then there's the things that our organizations can do to support us. So when we're talking about something as crazy as a pandemic, um, we, we have to think about those self-care things that we can do personally. And so my definition of self-care is anything that you could do voluntarily, any action you do voluntarily, not mandatory, um, that enhances your physical, mental, or emotional health and well-being. So that can take many different forms. Um, and, and then like taking that aspect and then seeing how our employers can supplement that and, and support us in that. Um, I'm seeing a lot of places that are, you know, obviously trying to do the best they can to get the supplies that we need, the staff that we need. It all goes back to those basics. So making sure that we get our, our lunch breaks and we get the PPE that we need, making sure we have, um, you know, we have a safe environment to work in. Um, just like making sure we have communication, very transparent communication from our leaders and our employers. Um, all of that is just small ways that they can support us in doing all these things. And then for all of the rest of us, when we're at home and on our days off, my couple of thought, thoughts on that, it all revol revolves around like those basics again. So are you getting the sleep that you need? Are you doing things to you know support your immune system? Um, the sleep, the food, you know, healthy food, food, hydration, exercise, finding ways to reduce your stress when you can is huge. Um, stress is that that signal um, that your body is giving you that there's danger. And what's unfortunate about stress is it's very contagious. And so that stress signal is going to all of our people around us. Um, what's great though, is there's ways to kind of resolve that stress and to work through that stress cycle. Um, exercise is amazing for that. Um, like little, those acts of kindness that we're seeing in the community, people who are supporting us, um, laughter, just finding ways to build camaraderie with our team. People are scared to go to work, but they know if they're not alone, um, that makes such a big difference. And their, their colleagues are there to support them. How important is it to, for, I mean, I think in the general public, this is important to remember, but within this healthcare community and nursing community, how important in your mind is it for people to recognize this is relatively unprecedented, um, certainly oh gosh, in, in yeah. this in this generation, especially. So we prepare for all sorts of situations and we've seen some you know very significant things that have happened over the years, but this is on such a different level. Uh, does that perspective, do you think, does that enhance the stress or does that is that a way for people to kind of draw back that it's okay to not have this figured out because nobody has ever really gone through this before? I think all of our gut reactions is to be a little more stressed out about that concept of like, we haven't gone through anything like this before. Um, and then there is also that idea of like, you know, ignorance is bliss and like, you sure. know, we, we don't know what we don't know, which, um, you know, can be good and bad. I think this is a really hard time for people who are entering the medical profession, um, our students and residents and um, the new nurses who just have not developed coping mechanisms yet, who are more at risk for burnout because they just don't know how to handle morally distressing experiences that we're all going to be bound to see. So, you know, making sure that we're there for them, that we're mentoring them. Um, and then just, yeah, building those support networks is going to be huge. One of the the biggest things that um, stood out to me in learning a little bit about your background is that you do speak from experience. You you talk about dealing with burnout as a nurse manager. What were some of the things uh, for you in terms of those outlets? You mentioned you know getting a good night's sleep, exercise, finding ways to laugh, 
Um, there's a lot of struggle to do that when people in different places are now under restrictions. You know, you can go to work, but you really can't do much else. You know, uh, the government is encouraging people to get out and exercise, but there's even some limitations to that. But for you personally, what what were the types of things that worked for you know to help you work navigate this in the past? And um, you know, what are you doing now to also kind of keep that right pers- that good perspective on how to keep yourself healthy uh, while all this is happening currently? Yeah, I love that question. Um, So like you mentioned, yeah, I went through burnout as a nurse manager. Um, We had launched an ECMO program in our 10-bed CVICU, and it was just, you know, this kind of steep learning curve of all the staff being pushed to different limits. And and then, so I witnessed it in my staff. I went through it myself, and then two years later, transitioned out of that job and went back to the bedside. So um, in that experience. And then since then in kind of being obsessed with the topic of burnout, trying to figure out like, you know, what we can all do differently and how to support each other, preventing things from like this happening to other people. Um, I I think a lot of it goes back to when you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and recognizing that there's these, the the base of your, of your pyramid is going to be making sure you have your basics met. So, you know, making sure your shelter, your, you have clothing, you have food, shelter, air, um, and then right above that is your safety needs. So we need those basics met. We need our safety needs met. And that includes having a healthy work environment to work in. Um, American Association of Critical Care Nurses has six standards for healthy work environments. And a lot of what I talk about revolves around those standards. Um, it includes things like making sure there's appropriate staffing, making sure that there's transparent communication, um, authentic leadership, um, true collaboration and recognition. All of that's captured in there. And, and that's, again, one of, one of the ways organizations can really support us. But then from there, um, building into being happy at work, having that, um, the self-actualization at the top of, of like having joy in the work you do every day. None of that is possible if those basic needs aren't being met. So um, a, a perfect example is last year I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And when I'm feeling my worst, and just like, you know, nauseous and in pain, I, I can't think about like the joy that I'm having at work. That's not possible. Sure. So, so when you are at the point where you can get the medical help you need, you can get, you know, the healing that's there, um, have those basics covered. That's when you can build on that. Um, I'm not sure if that fully answered your question, but that's, well, that's kind of what it boils down to. Yeah. I, I think there are some basic things that work, you know, that, that work across the board and making sure you're recognizing what you're going through. Um, actually kind of pivoting off of that a little bit is um, a little bit of empowerment. You know, you talk about making sure that your leaders, leadership understands, um, you know, what's going on. You want to be supported by them, but a lot of times they need to know, they need to hear those things and, uh, maybe there's some hesitancy under normal circumstances to not want to, you know, don't want to rock the boat or don't want to do this or don't want to do that. But I imagine this environment as daunting as it is could also be an opportunity for some empowerment, which maybe help relieve a little of your stress to offload some of that, making sure your leaders understand what it is that's causing stress and and some strain within the work that's happening at such a rapid pace and at such a high volume. Um, Is that, is that a fair thing that nurses should consider is to speak up maybe where they wouldn't ordinarily just to help, share the, oh, the conversation? Oh, 100%. So when I'm thinking about empowerment, um, what what's amazing is so my organization just about a week ago sent out a survey to all the staff to ask, you know, how are, how are you doing, <laughs> first of all? And then, you know, in anticip- anticipating all of the needs to come, like what support do you need? 
if we needed you to work extra hours, like what would you need to make that happen? And, you know, do you need childcare support? Do you need, um, you know, all of these things that were introduced in the survey. And what came from that survey just this week is that they are offering a gratitude, uh, gratitude incentive. Um, so next paycheck, everyone, every or, uh, individual in the organization gets a $200 bonus. And then um, childcare stipends are being offered $55 a day for people with a child younger than 12 at home or special needs children. Um, they're just looking for small ways to support all of the individuals. I think it's like over a $2 million investment. But, um, and that's just one example of what one hospital is doing. And I think that all came from us as a collective speaking up and sharing our, our, our experiences. So I think if there's opportunities where other organizations can, can ask their staff, um, and if they're not asking you, ask to be involved in the decisions that affect you. So, so if they're not asking you, find ways that you can speak up individually to your managers, work up the chain of command if needed. Um, and just and just find ways for that voice to be heard. And what, again, what's amazing is organizations who are supporting us in this and finding easy ways for us to reach out to you know congressmen, um, our representatives, making sure that the government side of things, um, legislation is supporting the work that we're doing. And that's a great point to bring up because there's so many different ways to try to impact and make the changes that need to happen, especially something that revolve, uh, evolving so quickly. And as one example this week, uh, we did put out an, an one of our EN 411 action alerts where we, um, you know, ask the ENA members and also the community to speak up on a particular issue. So uh, PPE being such a hot topic, um, you know, coming from our members and from ED nurses around the country, uh, we did generate in just a couple of days, 12,000 letters that went to Congress. So people are interested okay. in those opportunities to speak up. Um, so from what you're saying, it makes sense. The giving the opportunities to do that um, is a great great way to uh, offer some of that empowerment, but also feel as though you're sharing uh, you know, your voice and not sort of absorbing all of the stress or all the problems internally and yes. letting that manifest, I guess. Yes. We all need to like find ways that we can take control of the chaos. Like that's how our sympathetic nervous system is, is being triggered. And when we're able to take different levels of control, um, that helps us manage all of that stress. So yeah, using your voice, speaking up, um, finding finding ways to just kind of build that uh, boosting the morale of your unit um, or even just like making sure your leadership knows that you you need them present and you need them at the bedside uh, that can be huge just having that presence there uh, making sure that they're listening communicating and making sure they're, they're there for day shift and night shift I think night shift gets missed on so many things and this is not <laughs> the time to burn out our night shift <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Uh, you've covered a lot of territory, which is great um, from both the you know self-care side of things, but also how to speak up and, and try to impact some change or make sure leadership understands what's going on. Any other particular, you know, one or two takeaways, if you have them, that you would want to share that are really sort of the, you know, what you think are either the, the baseline things just to kind of keep aware of or are little things that you can do to make sure that the, those around you are, are at their best while this is happening? Yeah, um, there's so two thoughts. Uh, the, the first one is a couple of resources that I've found really helpful lately. Um, one of them's from the National Health uh, Services. It's a going home checklist. And this is something that a few people have um, been more and more um, alerted to as far as like people forwarding it to me, knowing that this is the realm of stuff that I'm interested in. So um, uh, Daisy Foundation had posted this on Facebook and then a few other people. But um, the going home checklist, it's a free PDF you can get online, but it just talks about um, a few different things like taking a moment to think about your day, acknowledging one thing that was difficult and letting it go, considering th three things that went well, um, having that gratitude aspect, and then um, 
checking on your colleagues before you leave. Are they okay? Checking with yourself. Are you okay? What resources do you need? And then finding ways to switch your attention to home and recharge. And this, this is just something that was out there prior to COVID-19. Sure. Um, specific to um, staff well-being for COVID-19, if you go to Intensive Care Society, they have um, a couple resources there. And it talks about kind of those different phases that we talked about and how uh, organizations and individuals can support themselves like in each of those phases. And a lot of it has to do with communication, presence, having the right support with equipment. Debriefs are huge. Debriefs opportunities to talk about um, what went well, what didn't, you know, what, what to improve on, um, especially as we go through some critical issues with patients um, that can be very emotionally distressing to people. Like that's going to be a, a huge opportunity of how we can all kind of come together in all of this. And I think my last thought on that was the concept that we're all in a marathon right now. We're, we're not, we shouldn't be treating this like a sprint. Sure. Um, we need to pace ourselves appropriately. So, Anna, you know, with so much information, I mean, there, I'm sure you, and based off of everything I've read about uh, your interest in this topic, I, I imagine you could talk for days and days, you know, to really get into the nuance and some of the individual things that people could do. Um, what's the best place, you know, that people can find more information about uh, what your, your take on this is and to learn more about the burnout book itself? Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, theburnoutbook.com uh, is my blog and website. Free resources are over there. Um, just kind of a, just a collection of the best of the best that I've found online as far as um, just resources of what other people are doing, best practices that are out there, research information, studies that have been done around this topic. All of that's, um, you know, a one-stop place for that. And then um, social media activity as far as like my presence on social media, majority of it's on Instagram and that's at the dot burnout book. Um, I try and, you know, stay up to date on there a lot of the time. And then, um, yeah beyond there, it's just, uh, working on my master's degree. So I'm not <laughs> present. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Anna Rodriguez, I, I thank you so much for joining us today on the, the ENA podcast and sharing some of your perspectives on such an important piece of what every healthcare provider, especially nurses, uh, are, are dealing with right now. Um, and then for also kind of giving uh, us an idea of where to go to, to learn a little bit more and some great resources that people can look at on their own time. Uh, and obviously an opportunity, opportunities to, to interact with you if, if they've got ways to, uh, or questions for you or, or just want to share their story. So uh, appreciate Absolutely. your time today uh, and, and being a part of the podcast. Thanks, Dan. I, thank you so much. That'll do it for this episode of the ENA podcast. For more information on self-care resources from ENA, please visit ena.org slash practice resources slash COVID-19. Until next time, be safe, be well, and thank you for listening.